0: Behind, behind how we've approached uh, parenting. And then once we go from there, then we can work into as much, as much of the weeds as you want um, while recognizing that like what's guided a lot of our decisions on the ground has been uh, r- really what we would say is just a handful of principles that have then shaped how we apply those principles to particular uh, ways of engaging um, particular challenges or problems or opportunities with our kids. Um, and so the, the way I'd say this is, like, you need, it's very, very important you distinguish as a parent between a principle and a, a tactic. Um, that's, like, really, really important. Um, and uh, and one of the things I think that happens, particularly in literature around parenting, is you get a whole lot of tactics um, and not a whole lot of principles. And what can happen when you depend on tactics is the reality is, is, like, I've described parenting in the past as every day you go out to play a sport and you have no idea what sport you're going to play. And you play that sport though for a few months or years and then without any announcement you show up, say you've perfected tennis, say you get to age 11 and a half. You've nailed tennis, man. You can parent that 11-year-old like some people can play the violin, You know how to do this thing. And then you walk out on the tennis court. It's not a field. And suddenly you get tackled. (laughs) And beaten. And you think this is a foul. (laughs) No. This is called teenage years. And the game is no longer tennis. It is now rugby. (laughs) And then somewhere in the middle of the teenage years, you suddenly come out. You're ready to take some hits. Tackle some people. And then people are nicely golfing. And you go to tackle somebody you tackled yesterday and it worked you saw the glory of God they felt loved you come out that day and tackle them and it's just mortal offense because they are playing golf now this is a gentleman's sport we don't tackle or hit people <clears throat> doing so that's parenting and so if you live by tactics the thing you're going you're to realize is the tactics that worked in the tennis phase don't work in the football phase and the tactics that worked the football phase really, really surprisingly, don't work at all in the golf phase. Like they always change. So what you have to have underneath all of that is principles that then you seek to apply faithfully during each phase of parenting. Which is why I would say like there's no like I think there's like a million wrong ways to do different things in parenting. <laughs> and, but there's no like one right way. Like there's there's like, hey, this discipline worked during this this approach to discipline worked during this phase, and this approach to discipline worked in this phase. All of, all of that. So we, we came up with um, three principles. Oh, Jenny wants me to give an example of a principle. So, for example. Yeah, yeah. Totally know why. So you can we talked about see it. Totally talked about it. Um, so, for instance, in the church, we have a principle guiding worship on Sunday. That worship should be the offerings of God's people. Um, particularly music. Music should be something that the people do, not primarily something that professionals do and people observe. Now you notice in that principle, which we've written and talked about with our musicians and talked about as we thought about developing music at Trinity uh, as we look forward, um, nothing was said in that principle about musical style. Nothing was said in that principle about what instruments could be played or not played. Nothing was said at all about tactics. What was laid out there was a principle. And then the question then is presented as we move through different phases of life for a church, as we develop, as we um, do certain things on a Sunday or make certain decisions about certain songs or how songs are being played, those kinds of things. We have now a principle to measure what we've done against the principle. Well, did that accomplish the principle we were going for? Well, if it didn't, we should stop doing it. If it did, great. This is one great way to fulfill this principle. That could change all of that. But for now, this is good. This worked. Does that make sense? That's how principles kind of have worked in our home.
1: But principles also like, can kind of span, span across even like generations. Yeah, Definitely can span across the whole of time with kids in your house. Like To stand on a principle could last you a long time where a tactic sort of runs its course. And then you're like, oh no! Now I don't have any tools for like this next season, because there was nothing under it. It was all just like we eat vegetables. We always eat vegetables before we eat sugar. I mean, that's a good idea. But does that make sense? It's like all just sort of the. Yeah. Anyway.
0: That's good. Let me do the three principles. I think. Yeah. All right. You guys ready for the three principles? There's probably more, but these are three that we said are very important to us. Are you ready? Good. All right. First principle: um, your marriage is first, absolutely first, most vitally important thing for your kids. Dads, is them to know that if you're in a hotel room <laughs> and a vicious robber breaks in,
1: it's always a hotel room. It's never like in your house. Like you think, who's coming? You're gonna do your best to room. save them,
0: but you're definitely gonna save mom. And that's kind of an exaggeration, but. The idea is you should pursue a healthy marriage. Like, don't um, if this isn't good, isn't comfortable, isn't healthy. Don't use the kids as an excuse not to deal with this. Deal with this first, over and over and over and over again. Like this has to be healthy, and revel in the health and the glory and the joy of this marriage. Um, And uh, and so, (laughs) like your kids should know, like dad loves mom. Like he's just totally hung up on mom, and mom is totally hung up on dad. And they love each other, and they, they, like, the marriage always has to take a priority. It really has to take a priority. Um,
1: and, like, this, oh yeah, yeah go ahead. the security of the kids, like, we know that kids feel way more secure if they know mom and dad are okay. Like, if mom and dad are fragile, like, the whole thing, even though it's not linear, and you probably wouldn't say, like, I bet they're doing that weird thing because we're off, but, like, we know that that is how that happened. So... Um, I mean, the first place to start is like, how are we, is everything okay with us if there's something that's like presenting with a kid? So yeah. it is definitely the safest environment for children is to know that mom and dad are in a good place and happy and healthy. And, um, we don't have to worry about sort of like the foundation of our home, which you are the foundation of the home. So, yeah.
0: And then tied to that, um, is that you together now in this vibrantly healthy marriage, <laughs> Our parents um, and that has real meaning We're
1: putting two concepts into one principle we kind of cheat kind of squeeze
0: you can't really have four principles you have to have either three or five we did not want to do five so we did three and a half and so it doesn't the, matter. You, you are parents so, so um, one you present a united, united front um, two uh, like as a parent you have real responsibility and real authority um, and you have to understand that your first role with your children Is parents bearing responsibility and authority for them and for their upbringing. And so I think a lot of parents try to be buddies. They try to be pals. They try to be peers. They try to be cool. um, They try a whole lot of other things. And and please don't hear this as like you shouldn't have a relationship with kids. You should have a rich, deep relationship with your kids that has a bedrock of your dad, your mom. Um, So that when you say something, it means something. Like you have wisdom to give, you have authority to direct and to command. You have like all of those things really, really matter, and you do that together as a united front with your vibrantly healthy and happy marriage <laughs> for your children, um, and, uh, and 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 to know that like if you have a child that has a problem, like that's yours, like that's your responsibility. Like you stand before God care for to nurture to counsel to provide for to love to discipline like like the buck stops with you like you're the one now that doesn't mean you can't go get help that doesn't mean but but i think a lot of people say well they're just a hard kid or they just don't like to sleep or they just don't (laughs) like broccoli or they just really like youtube but whatever the thing is like (laughs) at the end of the day like you have to stand before god and give an account like you're responsible there's no, like, well, oh, they're just them, and I'm just me, and we try, but we don't know. Like, no, like, you're actually responsible to come up with what is God calling you to do in terms of raising and caring for and disciplining and, and imparting wisdom to, biblical wisdom, godly wisdom, into your children. You want anything to add to that?
1: Um, I think I, just as we think about this one, like, Um, sort of the hat I would hang like if you think I kind of think of these is like if you have like clothes lines going down your house like how are you hooking on what you do like if you would say uh, like I could hear a teenage of fellow parent of like teenage kids saying like I don't know I mean we just we've tried but like we just don't know God's just gonna have to God God knows their story or you know God God's doing something with them in such a passive. it's sort of like okay we've done what we can and I think what I would hook on to this is like there is just no space for that. Like you're responsible, you're the parent. Like you fully engage all the way. There's no there's no place for like my kid just does this super annoying thing. I don't know. It's like no, that's you. You're the one that's doing the annoying thing. Like you deal with the problem. Um, so all sort of the like I just drink wine because my parent because my kids do this or I don't know. Just kind of like that give up mentality that's in our culture. I think I would like. Say this is kind of a clothesline through your house. It's like that there's not space for that. Like, these are our problems, our issues. Like, kids that aren't thriving in certain areas of their life, like, that then becomes like how we're spending our Saturday to try to figure out how we're going to help this kid, yeah. like, get to the next thing yeah. or do the next thing or have the opportunity to develop in this way. Like, there isn't just sort of a. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, it's landed home on us. Two things came to mind we were talking, Jenny. Um, first that like man we've got two summers left with our kids <laughs> it's like terrifying and I look at that there was a, a really cheesy ad I don't remember what it's for it's from like Levi's or what's the company that makes the hats everybody wears Carhart? Carhartt Carhartt. Uh, I think it was Jason Momoa it was a, anyway Aquaman um, anyway he, it's this like really you know, cool video he's like skateboarding with his daughter and he's like we've got Eleven summers left, what do we have to give our children? What experiences do we have to give our children? what, like, what gifts do we need to give our children? What like, training do we need to give our children? What wisdom do we give our children because we 've only got eight summers left to give it to them. And I remember watching it and sobbing and I <laughs> sobbing and it wasn 't necessarily the sentimentality of the timeline; it was the holy cow we 've only got two summers left like that 's what I caught, and like there 's like a giant bucket of stuff i still got to give our kids that we haven 't given them yet. And um, so that came kind of as you are talking, yeah. like, recognizing, like, as I'm looking at our kids right now, and Hazel and Molly are, are juniors, and, and realizing, like, I and mean, they're, they're two summers away from, hopefully, like, going away to college somewhere, like, going to college somewhere, which, which means that, like, this phase, which doesn't mean I stop being their dad, but it does mean that this phase of dadness and momness, um, ends, like, we have a date, like, we know when it's over, and, uh, um, and, like, anything that they're going to get from us, like, we have a responsibility to give it to them um, prior to that, that date arriving. And then you said, uh, I don't usually take a ton of parenting advice from Jordan Peterson, although he's not the worst person to get parenting advice from. But one of the things he says is, like, like, you're responsible for raising kids that don't annoy you. Like thought <laughs> <laughs> it such a good point, like, hey, if your, like, nine-year-old does something that's, like, really annoying to you, like, that's on you. Like you're <laughs> like, it's your job to stop that. Not, uh, and so I thought that was like a good.
1: That is good advice. That's
0: really good advice. Like one of your kids is like, man, he just does that every day, and you're like months into it, and you're like, wait, he keeps doing it because I don't stop him from doing it. <laughs> so, that's first principle. Second principle, fellowship. Yes. Um, and uh, and so, uh, there's a couple things attached to this for us that are really big deals. So. Time together is highly valued. Extended time together. We really like road trips. Um, and the we road, do. I don't know
1: that I don't know that, do.
0: that our kids do. Our, our kids don't, although they kind of do. Molly, she gets over it pretty quick. But um,
1: She was like, why do we always like come out looking so homeless? Like, Why do we always get always out of our cars? She's always embarrassed we walk like, into a look at hotel. us. Like,
0: we just look like homeless people. <laughs> like,
1: I know. We smell terrible. Look at us.
0: <laughs> but there's just like... Extended time together, and so highly valuing meals together, highly valuing taking time to laugh together, taking time to do fun stuff together, um, and, and not shorting that. Um, I heard a long time ago somebody said, like, your kids will uh, way more remember um, experiences with you than they'll remember gifts from you. Um, and, uh, and I like to give a lot of gifts, um, but but at the end of the day, like, taking them out of school to go ride go-karts one day, um, our kids still talk about that day, that happened like, I don't know, five years ago when I just said, went and picked them up from school, said we're not going to school today, went and drove go-karts, went to a restaurant, ate food together, and then went to a park. It was just like, hey, we're just going to do this fun thing together. Um, like Doing that with your kids, making sure that like fellowship time together is a priority, being together, being communion together, enjoying one another um, is really, really important. And then a couple of things I'll tack on, it's like, this is, again, us cheating with principals, is it's really hard to plan quality time. Um, I would say the most important time, most important conversations both of us have had with our kids. It's like, you know, it's like nine thirty and you're really ready to fall asleep, and then one of the kids comes and dump, jumps onto the bed in between you. <laughs> you're like, "Hey. everything okay? Yep. You to go to bed? Ah, yeah, a little bit. And then it's just gold. Sometimes. Other times it's just like one of those things that Jordan Peterson would say you should her to kids, but like it's like really important. For me, like it's different for you. Like you have different contexts where it happens. For me, it's like I'm sitting at my desk, my back's to the door, and all three kids it's different. So Molly comes in and sits in the chair directly behind my chair where I can't see her, doesn't say anything, does it very, very quietly, and then all of a sudden I'll hear a so I'll... Stop typing or stop writing or whatever I'm doing, and then turn around and say, Oh, Ollie, how are you doing? Good. She waits till the third question, and the third question comes, it's like, blah, everything. So then we have this amazing conversation. Hayes, he comes in, jumps over the end of the couch, lands on his rear, and sits, kind of throws his feet up, and says, Dak, we need to talk. So then we talk. Carson comes in, stands behind me. <laughs> A little creepy at first, it <laughs> did. <And> then... <laughs> <Okay, okay. laughs> it's like, oh, hey, Carson, do you want to talk, <laughs> and it's like in those moments where it's like, I'm in the middle of it, it's like, I gotta go, I gotta do this thing, and whatever it is, and then sometimes it's at late night at bed, or it's first thing in the morning, or I'm running late for a meeting, or everything is, like, they come and they ask for time, and it's like, give it. Oh, give it. Like, and that's been such a hard thing for me to learn. Like, whatever it is, unless, like, literally, somebody's holding someone hostage and they're going to kill him in three minutes if you don't get there in time. Like, whatever it is, be late, stay up later than you wanted to, wait a second to get that email off, whatever the thing is, like, stop and engage. Because I feel like, that's the best conversations we've read. had. Not all of them are the best conversations we've ever had, but the best ones we've ever had haven't been the daddy-daughter dates. They haven't been the you know, father-son going out to do something. Like, those have been good times, and those have been wonderful times. But like, the gold has been when like, the last thing I wanted to do right then is talk to this person. Um, the last thing I wanted to do was like, stop doing this work that I need to get done by this time um, and, and talk.
1: Yeah, I think that the reason why we would say, like, principle, principle versus, like, tactics, because you could say, like, similar to this would be, like, you eat dinner together every night. Like, you eat dinner around the table every night. We would all say, like, that's a good thing, and we know that eating together is important, and, like, lots happens, and that's a great family culture thing. But there are just seasons in life where that straight-down-the-middle rule doesn't there's something bigger that you need to, like, be focused on other than we always, 6 o'clock every night. Because if your orientation is, like, we're serving these kids, we're loving these kids, it's, like, we need to shepherd them up. Like, being on a soccer team that practices at 6 o'clock might be a better thing for your kid during that time, but you don't give up. But fellowship with them, connection to them, relationship with them is the bigger picture. So I think just, like, not one of our hopes in talking about things in terms of principles is more about um, like what can stand the test of time in your house and what can, um, how can you not feel like, oh, we got to this new stage and now all of a sudden I don't know, I don't have the tools anymore. Like, that tool bag was for toddlers and now I don't have a tool bag for like elementary school when schedules are just different. So I think our point is meals, food, connection, time, 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 time. They need a lot of that. Um, yeah, so the first one was marriage and your parents. our relationship parents. and, like, our role as parents and taking that seriously. And then also um, another thing about fellowship is just we really have made a priority to say, like, if we're not good with each other, we're not, like, going over to someone's house for dinner. Like, if you're in an argument with your sister, you don't, like, get to have a play date with a friend. Like, this is first. You know, God gives us things in an order. (coughs) So, like, in the order is Brian and I, then our kids, and our whole family, and then the circles go out from there. So whether that's, like, more extended family, close friends, church community, school community, all those things, but you don't get to short circuit and just sort of prioritize, oh, I have this really close friend, and she's a great friend from church, so that can kind of substitute that my sister and I are really mean to each other. Like, no, no, we, st- we start in the order that God gives us. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think it's like a, an important priority and yes.
0: That's good. All right, third principle.
1: Last, third and last. Third and final.
0: Yeah. Principle. Um, emphasizing gratitude and joy. Um, and this plays out in a, like a 100... Different ways in our family, um, and so whether that's being thankful for the dinner that's in front of us, um, being thankful for the sunset that we looked at as Jenny and I and Carson were driving over here, and Jenny's like bouncing up and down saying, "Gotta look at the sunrise, behind the sunset behind us." Really, it was, it was like good. Pink. You guys
1: it was, saw it. It's pretty good. It was really good. Um, See,
0: like whatever the thing is, stopping, taking note, acknowledging whatever the thing is to be grateful for, and and then consciously and I would say like out loud thanking God for it
1: yeah.
0: um, and, and this uh, this is from anything from you know Kit Hayes kicking a soccer goal, Carson killing it in speech meet um, a sunset that's amazing um, that a friend showed up at church one Sunday that they didn't know would come to church that Sunday like everything we possibly can we stop mm-hmm. and as a family go like look at this did you see this did you notice that how great is this? Like, how kind is God that he gave us this? Like, constantly seeking to give thanks to God um, for, for all the different things that he gives us over and over again. Like, I want that, which is why I like road trips and why I get really annoyed on road trips because you just see so many things to be thankful for, right? Like, you drive through a national park and you're like, kids, this is amazing! You just, God made a buffalo and it's so weird looking but he made it anyway and there's like a bunch of them and we can't drive because of them. and like Or whatever the thing is, like, like just stopping and giving thanks to God because it's like, it's a huge part of cultivating joy in the family. Um, and then this has, like, this, This I mean, one of the ways that you can apply these principles, this is a great thing. Jenny brought this up, so I'm stealing this directly from her. You can maybe Wait, share I have it. But no, I
1: have one thing I want to say yes, about yes, what yes. you just said. Okay. So, so I think an important orientation in that is, like, our connection to each other is that we are looking out. Not that we don't care about each other's feelings in, but especially as kids get older, they so orient internally, like my sad story and my friendships and my you know they just turn i mean we all turn in but like you see that i mean it's just it's a thing i don't know if you've ever met like a 12 or 13 year old i don't know i mean just like orient in 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 and so i think um I remember we talked about this once, like how how we're not connecting with each other. Like, now let's get into the details of how all the difficulties of your day and all the problems of this, it's it's often more look at this, look at God, look at this community, look at our relationships, look at what he has given. And those things come out, and we yeah. talk about those things, but the biggest update of the day is not, like, what was your big thorn, In your day, you know, it's more like the big update of the day is like the gift of God. Like, I kind of don't like the thorn rose approach. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. Like, let's go around the table and everybody share a rose and a thorn of their day. I don't know why this bothers me, but I just don't like looking. It really bothers me. I don't like like that way of conversation (laughs) because it's just like, okay, so as I summarize my day in the life that God's given me, I have two (laughs) takeaways Something that was great and something that was bad, but something that was bad is often what God uses, and and is like ends up being the greatest gift. But you would say like, no, I state that as my brown thorn that stabbed me in the hand. It's like, no, that's just like how. Why do you live your life like that? So anyway, I just like, I think it's. I don't know. I just think it. Gratitude, but I think the orientation of gratitude is sort of outside of the, <coughs> of the internal hashing through all of your troubles. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So, so one way, let's say fellowship, and i want to reply it, and then we'll do questions. If you have any questions. If not, great. Um, one, so uh, one of the questions, like, that we've thought about is technology. Like, what's a faithful approach to technology? And you might think, well, you didn't say anything about technology and these three principles, but if you think about it just a second, like, so one of the things we've observed about the abuse of, or the over, maybe better way to put it, overuse of technology in our home is it tends to break down fellowship. Um, not just because of the the time in which people are isolated, but I don't know if you ever noticed this, but like if you watched a lot of Netflix one night, or one afternoon, or say four college football games on a Saturday, <laughs> like you're not like a fun person to be around after that, usually. I don't know why that is. I don't know all the psychology behind it. I don't know, whatever. I just know that, like, um, I know that I've absolutely observed with our kids. Like, not only is, not, not only is um, it's just time isolated. Like, they tend to kind of gravitate to their own corners on technology stuff because they have different interests. But then if you go too long, particularly if you do it too long for multiple days, um, which is one of the things that can happen in the summer when there's whatever's going on. Um, when you come back together for dinner, it's like the worst dinner, family dinner you've ever had in your life. It's like everyone is just not getting along. Everybody's irritating everybody. Um, And so that then, so it's not that we have some sort of principle about technology. It's we have a principle about fellowship that then affects what we do with technology. Um, Same thing would be with um, gratitude. Like I don't know what it is about technology. I actually have a lot of ideas. But like uh, spending an enormous amount of time playing video games or Watching videos or whatever the social media things is it tends to, tends to shrink your 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 capacity to see the world, and it, it shrinks your capacity for gratitude. The abuse of it, the overuse of it, does that make sense? Like, I, and please don't hear me saying these things are like video games are bad or movies are bad or whatever. But like, hear me saying that like there is a line somewhere that we've observed with our kids where it's like you know if Hayes plays. Couple of hours of video games on a Saturday—it's not that big a deal. If he plays six hours of video games because we forgot to limit it and we were out of the house or whatever, and we come home, it's like, man, you don't see anything, and you're just ungrateful for every, like you. There's like, that's when we start to see things like entitlement. That's when we start to see things that like really start to bother us. It's like, hey, actually, and and it's and one of the hardest things I think about parenting is when when your child is two, it's usually like a A B sort of relationship in terms of um, if they touch the stove, they burn their finger, right? Like, so it's like they do this, therefore the harm is directly correlated to what they did wrong. Oftentimes what I find with parenting our kids, it's like it's like they do something over here and it impacts something over here and you have no idea how those things connected, but they did. And it's a wonderful discovery when you've realized like, oh, when he plays less video games, he's like way more pleasant to be around. And I don't know why, but he is. So we're going to limit the video game time so that he'll be more pleasant to be around. Like those kind, that's, that's how these principles end up affecting everything. Like really, really practical things like video games or times on private screens and those kinds of things.
1: Last thing that I would say about principles is that like if you wonder like how would i under how would I identify what a, we want a principle to be in our home like one, look back at like you loved being at your grandmother's house or you loved being at your own house growing up, like what it was the feel of it, and I think that's the biggest takeaway with a sort of the concept of a principle is it's more about the Paideia. It's less about like you know, you must eat these vegetables or you must exercise this amount or you must be in nature, like, rules that are good. But I don't think that's, like, the main takeaway, that when we look back at a positive memory from our childhood, you're probably looking back on something that was more an overarching principle, less a they had this rule or they always did this thing. Does that make sense? So I don't know. I would just challenge you to, like, think about are there two or three things that could be sort of like, what is, the, at the biggest level, what guides our house, and then you can kind of start attaching, like, how you spend your time, and how you spend your money, and how you spend your, you know, like, sort of those yeah, things yeah, yeah. onto what the bigger, like the crossbeam, or the, you know, whatever, cool. a frame, or something.
0: All right. anything you guys want to talk about? The time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. It was so quiet, somebody had to step up. Um, so, obviously, our kids are fairly young, starting to become more observant. And then go explain the whole thing, have uh, an awkward moment, yeah. at some point we want to make sure that they understood what that was, what our family believes about that. Yeah. Like how do you guys kind of handle that in terms of stuff that has come up where it's you know clearly an area that you need to be taught, but you don't want to also be that person at a restaurant that goes and like makes the entire restaurant awkward.
1: Yeah, I distinctly remember being in a Walmart aisle with Carson who was really little and she would she was really screamy and little and she was just kind of you know hard to rein in a little bit and i remember us hearing a kid in the aisle next to us and i was saying listen listen good job eat this cheerio good (laughs) job listen good job like that when you get to see something I mean you have to like do it sort of you don't want to become a scene or like the whoever in the restaurant but like anything you can observe in the world and then guide your kids through someone else's situation is a great gift like you are teaching them not through their own temper tantrum but through observing like let's stop okay sit on my lap let's watch not that you're like staring someone down but like I remember being in a playgroup and a kid kicking his mom because he didn't want to leave. And we were just like a nice distance away. And we just kind of stopped and like, okay, watch. Let's, let's see this happen. We got in the car. I'm like, okay, did you guys see? What was he doing? What was that? I don't know. He was kicking his mom. I'm like, I know. That's not how you... So you're like, you are using God's world to learn about all kinds of things. Not just a beautiful sunset, but like, what does rebellion look like? What does having a what does disobedience look like what does obedience look like what is um you know if they were to observe something that was like really bad or you know if someone walked into a restaurant and like was dressed really inappropriately or something I mean we would definitely look at our kids like without without um we would definitely say guys like what do you think what is that like what is that like for the person who she's sitting with like why? You know, cause, because that's the world that we live in. And, like, we are the ones that are responsible for teaching them that. So I think you absolutely use yeah. the world around you to, like, sort of coach them through it. What exact words do you use? You, I don't know. You don't but... make
0: a scene in a restaurant, obviously. And you obviously. And then another thing I would say is, like, you don't want to cultivate self-righteousness. But you do want to help people. Like, whatever you saw, they saw. Right? Like, so if it was two guys making out, they saw it. They saw it. And it needs to be discussed and talked about. Like, um, and so I would just say, like, talk about everything all the time, tactfully, and with a constant going back to, I, I would say, a constant going back to the gospel, the call to love. love. Um, and-, and I think one of the things that's been lost in our culture in our day is the ability to say, like, hey, that's wrong, and I love that person.
1: Well, and a great option in that moment is to tell them it's wrong and then get in the car and stop and say, like, guys, let's pray for that, those two men. Like, let's pray for them. Like, God's with them. God, God's the ruler of all things. Like, let's stop and pray for that kid who was kicking his mom. Like, because it helps you to orient that you're not being self-righteous because we are all tempted to do that. And you're sort of teaching your kids, like, that's not, the, the final is not just judge them. It's like. But you, I, I would use all opportunities yeah. God gives to teach them.
0: I heard um, uh, one time uh, Nate Wilson, Indy Wilson, wrote, was speaking at a church. We, we invited him in. And, and he said at one point, he told this really interesting story that when he turned 15, his dad came to him and said, Hey, like as long as there's not nudity in it, we can watch anything, any movie we can watch so long together. One, so long as we're together. And two, so long as you know that I will hit pause and we'll talk about it throughout the the movie. Which Nate said, like, I mean, it ruined a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> it's like every three minutes, like, what do they just do there? What are they trying to sell you? What are they trying to tell you about the world? What are they trying to tell you about what is good, what is evil? Um, and, uh, and it was and, and, and less about movies and more about, like, your kids are growing up in a world surrounded by righteousness, unrighteousness, good, evil. Really scary things, really not scary things, and I think um, there, there is a sense of where we're to protect our kids but but I, I think sometimes the reality is, is like they 're growing up in a really dangerous world, and the best way to navigate that dangerous world is to teach them about it, to talk about it to um, I remember Tim Keller saying one time uh, like they had done this huge survey, and it was like the, the short like the the number one indicator that a kid, when they went to college, would keep walking with Jesus was, did he have parents that when, his, when their close friend at school came out as gay or transgender or some sexually compromising situation, um, did they have parents that they could go and talk to about Like, it?
1: would they go talk to their would dad? Would they go talk to
0: their dad about it? And um, and I think like you, that's something that has to be cultivated... Not on the spot at all Like they have to know that you're a trustworthy voice That you're not like, that somebody, You're not
1: going to freak out
0: You're not going to freak out yeah. Like you're going to speak clearly and lovingly And biblically and wisely About whatever the thing they're facing Well they learn that when they're two And they're talking about the kid kicking their mom They learn that when they're nine And you know our yeah. gay neighbors come over And our kids are like how do we navigate this And like we talk about it Like look how great these cookies were And we took them this And like it, like, it's, it's that's the process where it's that kind of trust and that kind of um, wisdom can be cultivated, I think. Yeah? Kind of along the lines of just talking about things and everything, I think in another kind of session like this, you were talking about that a kid should never remember the first time they were told about sex. Yeah. That it should not be a first,
1: if you still argue that it's not
0: a memory, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: this actually came up on the way over here with Carson. Uh, we she was like, what it? is
1: this night about? And we're like, it's a parenting night. Do you have anything you want to say about pa- our parenting? You <laughs> know that
0: every time you talk about sex, Dad, with Mom, we know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs>
1: That's
0: what she said tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean... We, we haven't gone into... I mean, there have been... There were, like, specialized conversations where details were shared about how everything worked. But, like, the fact that mom and dad really like each other and really like to have sex with each other um, is very common knowledge from a very early age in our home. Um, and, uh, and so it's, like, it's... It's demystifying it without beyond what's necessary in terms of detail, I think. So, demystifying the whole thing means there's some details involved, but it also means it's like, this is really normal and good and wonderful.
1: And it has a place. And it
0: has a place.
1: But, but as far as like a uh, sex talk, I think they, um, we took, we took any opportunity we could like pretty early on, like if somebody had a baby, you know, you're like, guys, they had a baby. And, you know, you kind of like any question, any opportunity, like, yes, let's get out some of the main basics, like, We don't need to, it's just any time you wait on stuff like that, like for example, if you wait to talk to your daughters about modesty and what's appropriate to wear, then you are asking to be put into a situation where a child ascends the staircase and you look at them and it's not okay and they've reached an age where everything's personal. So if you it wait, seems to match up. it seems like <laughs> like descend on these terrible moments. So like as much as you can, just yeah, like any body stuff, anything like that. I would say like the sooner the better because it's not personal. It's just factual. It's just like information that's going in, and it's just clear. Like because the biggest risk you're saying is like what are they going to take to their kindergarten classroom? I mean that's really like the biggest problem you have, right? Is like what will they repeat?
0: What if they say that word?
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Caleb's like, why? That's fine. And then you can just, then, you know, the takeaway is just like, hey, things that have to do with, like, your swimsuit, you know, anything that happens in the bathroom, like, you just don't talk about it at school. Like, that's just a good kind of school standard. It's a good, like, community standard. Anything in the bathroom, anything, you know, or some something like that. Like, you talk, this is for, talk to mom and dad. But I would, I would say, soon, easy. You know, an apple, a seed. Everything that has a seed comes from something. Here's a seed. You were made from a seed. You know, you just that that next time you cut an apple. Although there was make it happen. There there was a
0: pivotal moment in our children's lives when uh, I was upstairs by myself, and Hayes comes in, does the couch pop thing. He was pretty young, and I'm not going to give the question away, but um, he goes, "Dad, I'm not going to say everything." he says, "Like, Dad, Mom said I needed to ask you this question." To which I didn't catch it at first. I was like, "Oh, great!" And then he says, "No, Dad, you need to listen to me." Mom said I needed to ask you this question. At which point I knew we were about to talk about something that was very pertinent to the sexual realm, and so I stopped and turned to him, and we had a discussion about his particular question. Okay,
1: and so, I, think, I don't know what you were about to say. The most we talked about it was a kid. Have, somebody had a baby, and Carson just jumped into all the questions. She was like totally the question asker. And I started answering them, like, yes, yes, let's do this. We were sitting on the staircase. She's going for it. Molly literally is, like, backing herself up and, like, out of the situation as quickly. And Hayes is just, like, in but, like, not in and kind of, like, staying on the stair. But his body was kind of, like, and Carson is just, like, okay, so dilation. Okay, so, yes. So what are the, what are the measurements? And so I just, like... Molly, stay. Hayes, you're here. Like, this is what happened. It went like this, and it went like this, you know. And it was like, for them, it was like, just get it over with. Carson was like, okay, so tell us more. Anyway, they're all different, but I think, yeah, just go for it. Apple, cut, seed.
0: Maybe like one more, if you have it. I knew you yeah.
1: would say That's that. At no, so, the okay. we were talking about uh, multiple generations. At the end, we kind of talked about
0: Grandma and house. What, where does that larger, you know, family community and church community come into the three principles for you guys?
1: Come into the, what was the last phrase? Into
0: the three principles. Because it feels like maybe principle one, there might be some tension with... yeah how do they relate? you mean like um I mean there's probably a lot of different ways to answer it, and one I would say one probably answer I would just say is it depends um and uh and um so, so i but I would say something Jenny said earlier, which I would say is almost like its own principle, is like the concentric circles of responsibility or faithfulness, so like um, it easy way to illustrate this is, like, I have a more pertinent, like, when the command love your neighbor means different things. Like, I, I'm not to love my neighbor in China the same way I'm called to love my neighbor who lives next door to me. I'm called to love both, but that's going to have really different implications for my life in terms of, like, I have a greater responsibility to like, moving in and moving out. Uh, and And so... Um, marriage and authority, like you know, that's where it depends really comes in. Like, how much are, you know, if it's family or if it's friends, like how, how much are do we share the same vision? Do we share a common, like how aligned are we in terms of like what the world is and what God calls us to and what it means to obey them? Well, there's going to be um, that's going to have an impact on fellowship. Like, does that make sense? Like, if um, and and so that that would be kind of how that relates like in terms of like there's concentric circles and one of the ways those circles kind of line up has to do with do we believe the same stuff about the world Um, now you know so like if you think about like our son plays soccer um, and is around kids from from families and kids who don't believe a word of what we believe and think we're weird and whatever um and it's soccer, and we think it's actually really important that he's out in the world doing stuff with people that don't believe what he believes, and it's soccer. And yet, in terms of the day of the education, like we we immerse him in a school that's aligned with what we believe about the world. We want him to grow and learn English and learn math and learn science and learn history and learn Bible in a place that's pretty much aligned. So, so there'd be, I don't know if that's getting at the question you're asking, but the circles matter... And you kinda move things around based on alignment and based on where things are. Set?
1: Yeah. yeah. Brady. Brady. Well, okay. well. I think that I often squeeze it, squeeze what they love, (laughs) squeeze it out of them. I have often thought now we are, we're not like angry people. I don't think we like dis We weren't prone to disciplining out of anger. So I would add the caveat. If you really like love spanking your kid, I would not recommend that you take this advice. So like put that aside. If you're, like, prone to anger and you do that a lot, like, that's a different topic. But I often think we should have spanked more. We should have spanked more. We should have spanked more. Because what you don't deal with just grows and grows and grows. And it's much more difficult to work out things the older they get. I mean, mm-hmm. it just is. And um, I think disciplining, like, I think spanking is biblical. And I we did. And we probably could, should have executed that gift more often. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I think specifically, like, things like lying, things like being deceitful, um, just kind of, like, sneaky stuff like that, I think is worth being more serious about. And um, I teach fourth grade, and I'm sure that any time I take a kid out into the hall and kind of start, like... it's just like maybe I have one sentence where they're listening to me and then there's like a way that their eyes look at me and I can tell they're looking like right here like look at me no I'm really serious stop doing that like quit you know you're whatever and they just like the more talking is just not really a thing I mean for like five-year-old six-year-old seven-year-olds it's just you know you should discipline them I think Um, so we often think that also just in a principle thing that I wrote, it's not a principle, sorry, I didn't mean to mistake that word, because I would not make it like a beam of our house, but, um, the idea that like if things are getting out of control, just a basic thing is like, make it smaller, make everything smaller, be faithful with the small things, and God will give you more, be faithful with the small things, so if it's just feeling chaotic, bring it back down, make everything in your life tidier, smaller, and more manageable, and then, like, start over again. And so, I, I mean, when the kids were little, we did this, like, blanket time thing. I don't know. This may sound cruel. And it was a different time. It was, it was magical. It was, like, seven, 17 minutes. years ago. So maybe it was not acceptable. But when they were little, little, move. they could move, but they weren't walking. We had a little, like, three-by-three blankets, and we lived with four one-year-olds. Our twins were one. We had a single mom and her one-year-old, good friend of ours, living with us, and my sister and her husband had a one-year-old. So we all owned a home together, and we had four one-year-olds. So when it was time, when, like, somebody's cleaning, somebody's cooking, and, like, somebody's doing the kids, you know, the babies... And so everybody had, like, a three-by-three three blanket, and That's we would model. call it Blanket Time. Yeah, I did have their name stitched on it. That was I don't know why I did that. But, um, like, a small blanket, and we would call it Blanket Time, and they had to stay on their blanket. And it was when they could crawl away, but we would make them stay. And they would, like, put their hand off, and you would just, you know, flick their hand, and they're, like, <laughs> you know, on their blanket, on their blanket. And they would stay, and then we would have a few toys, and they would play and sit there. And be on the blanket, and then we would, like, rotate the toys, like, make the kids stay, but we would rotate the toys. So it was, like, kind of something new. Like, now you have a squeaky toy. Um, (laughs) We would go around, and they would all, we, like, trained them to stay on a blanket. Well, the translation for that was, like, you go to someone's house, and you want to have your kid take a nap. Like, you're, like, here's your blanket. Stay. And they would just fall asleep on a blanket. We're traveling. Don't take a pack and play. Here's your blanket. Stay. And they just like knew to stay. So that's like one small skill. Obviously, it's a huge skill because you're like, oh, to make a kid stay is like kind of hard. But we taught them how to do it. But it was like it made their world kind of small. But I think that idea of um, when you ground an older kid from something, I think the best part of that, which we don't do a lot of ground, I don't know. I don't know what I think about grounding, but at its core, maybe the best part of it is you're sort of making their world just a bit smaller. Like, let's kind of clear out these other things, these maybe distractions, and bring it back to, like, what are your basics? You do your homework. You're in good fellowship with your family. You help out around the house. And you're a cheerful participant. Like a great example. So you're, like, making their, you're kind of shrinking their world down. And then you're like, okay, this is going well. Okay, you can have your phone, whatever. You know, or back. Like, you're sort of introducing things back in, but, like, things get crazy, and you sort of, like, we're going to scrap off all the extras, bring your world tight tight again, you know, like, small again, be faithful, be faithful. Now you can sort of add yeah. back in your whatever. So one soccer. of our
0: children, like, it's like crazy life, right? Like, everything's going on, extracurricular stuff, friendships, all this kind of thing. And things are out of control, and the big sign that showed up in was grades starting to fall. Like, grades starting to fall precipitously. Precipitously. And so then what you do, what we did is like, okay, we're going to cut out all of this stuff and focus on this. Um, And we're also going to give some, like, focused attention to just one-on-one time with a parent, early, early in the morning, to get back (laughs) into back into, like, a rhythm of discipline. And and then we're also going to kind of eliminate some of these other distractions. So you're just focused on these on this thing and then as that did better over four and six weeks then we said, okay, now we're gonna bring this back. How's and wait a couple weeks, how's this going? Well, it's going well, and then we can bring this back. We can bring the, like like it's slowly starting to build things back up again. Um and not seeing not seeing and, and really trying to convey, although it's hard to convey this, that like the stripping back of this stuff is is less about punishing you and more about like we really want to help you gain wisdom because you've lost it. Like, you've lost the way of how to get the priorities that God's given you done and the way that God's called you to do it. So, like, let's help you eliminate all these things so you can start building those blocks back up in the right order. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah.
0: Lying, deception is a huge one. Um, we've tried to say to our kids all the time, like, if you do something wrong, like, we can handle it so long as you don't lie to me. Like, um, like, never lie to me. Uh, I think lying's a big one. I think lying's
1: a big one, so I think with, like, the girl, maybe the biggest one. Yeah, the sister dynamic, like, has been a little bit, has been difficult. Like, just, like, envy, jealousy, sort of, um, like cutting at each other you know kind of ways that you see certain siblings partner up in certain ways that like are just mean just like a meanness but usually particular at one person in the family I mean sometimes there's just general. it rotates <laughs> sometimes there's general meanness but but often when it's when it's really more scary or more of a problem I think is when it's like sort of targeted and like I'm always kind of picking at you I think that's something that kind of can go for years. Um, I don't know.
0: It, we we haven't we, we attacked this like really early on, pretty aggressively, but like defi- general defiance of authority, rather than seeing like authority as good authority as a source of wisdom, good authority as like the, the best way to one of the best ways to joy is like coming under authority. It's like trying to teach that, which is complicated, because part of it is just like no, you have to do what I told you to do. A part of it is like slowly learning how to like... At one level, you want to teach obedience that's not a vote. Like it's not like a... It's not a, hey, stay on the blanket. But let me explain to you so you can make a wise decision on... You know, a good decision on what you think about staying on the blanket. Um, after I've told you. It's like first, I'm going to stay on the blanket. And then now I'm going to explain to you later why. Oh, You can't explain to a three-year-old why. But first do this. Like you can't drive here. Or you can't do this. You need to obey me. Yes, I think his point is true. It's
1: sort of this, like, okay, I might do what you say, but if I get it, like, if I understand and if I can, like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, I agree with you. Like, it's probably not safe to run in the street. But it's, like, that's not what I'm asking. I don't care if you agree with me. Because, like, if you think about our relationship with God, like, we often are given a, a discipline of something from God that we're, like, I don't know why. And we don't, we aren't entitled to the answer for that. And so I think, like, The whole rationalizing with kids to try to get them to, like, well, you should understand, you should understand, yes, yes, but first, getting that instinct of, like, first I say yes, then I could come along and, like, when there's time and as we get there, like, hey, let me help explain to you why we're doing this, but that's not something obedient, you're not entitled to that to obey, and I think before God, we often don't get an answer for why we have to do something, Mm -hmm. And it's not because we agree with God first and then we say, okay, okay, I, I, I will do it. So just training that up in them. And then just kind of like casual ways of like, hey, go, you know, go get your backpack out of here. Like go, you know, clean up. Okay, I will in a minute. Or just like kind of things that treat you more as, you know, as I see fit, I might interact with you in a way that would be something like what you're asking me. Like that starts early. But that goes on for a long time, and so I think just kind of like that quickness. We're always just looking. What to was like, that
0: phrase that we used to use in fourth? Quickly, joyfully. Well,
1: you what? What does that? Fast, cheerful. Right away! Right away! Without delay! You know, whatever. Yeah, I think <laughs> obedience is disobedience. Yeah, delayed obedience is disobedience, but. Yeah, yeah, I think those are good Those are good little tactics. And I think they help when you're trying to get, like, a six-year-old moving. Like, you're delaying, you know. But, yeah, go ahead, Kelly. Kelly, a oh, good question. Oh, yes. Okay. So, to on that, do you think that our children or us have pet sins that we struggle with our entire life? So, like, I can see in my child, you're not a liar, but, man, you struggle with pride. This is something mm-hmm. we got to work on.
0: Yeah, so... so. Individual sins are always the branch connected to a tree. I think we all have particular idols that we're drawn to, Yeah. you know yeah. so so uh you know whether it's pride um, like or uh, I always have to look like i'm the I'm the best at whatever it is I'm doing, so then I avoid these things or I lie about this, and it's not so much the lie it's the lies is being told so that I don't look bad, you know like so how um, do you your kids? um we just talk about it. i i mean i I think. Um, particularly in conversations with Hayes, I've seen this in Molly. Um, it's 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 come it's like become really apparent to me as a parent. Like, oh, this is there, and so I always place whatever sin it is in the context of. So I don't just address the line and punish the line. It's like we talk about the line, but the goal is to get back to the heart of this. Like, hey, what did you love? What were you afraid of? What were you like? What like what was driving your need to sit on the couch and lie to me like that? Like that's not something you normally do. But like, I think for a
1: kid, younger kids, though, we found that, like, there, was a, there could be a lot of pride, for example, built up in the fact that, like, I need to be the best. And so I wish we would have put Hayes, well, and Molly, in more situations where they just weren't going to be good at it. Because it's really nice to kind of customize your life to things that you know you'll be pretty successful at. And then you sort of shore up this nice pride that's like... I'm pretty much good at everything I do. Well, you've really selectively chosen now what you do, so that you are in this like superior place, and so I think we could have done a little bit more at like tossing them into a lot of different situations where like one phrase is like you have to be good at being bad at stuff, mm-hmm. and a lot of time I think kids that start sort of seeing themselves in that light um, can't can't do aren't good at being bad at something. And so...
0: To you get good at something new, you have to be bad at it first. So.
1: And so I think, yeah, just trying to, like, help them to engage anything in life. At, like, yeah, I'm going to start out pretty bad, and that's okay, and I can kind of, like, take myself lightly, which would be kind of, like, the principle of gratitude. Like, I can receive this as a gift. This isn't a reflection on me. Like, I'm going to be no good at tennis, but, like, here mm-hmm. I go. I'm going to jump out there Instead of letting them kind of pick and choose, because they will customize to things that they're like they're going to be good at, and they know that they're going to be good at it, and then you're gonna. All
0: right, I'm gonna pray because it's after nine. Thank you, guys. Eight, a... eight. Don't it's say It's after nine. eight. Sorry, not nine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna pray. Father, we thank you. Just pray God that you bless um, every person in this room. Uh, if they have kids, God, that you would uh, cause the, the great work of parenting to be a joy to them. Um, that they would bear the burden, the responsibility um, as a gift from you. God, um, that, that all of us uh, would raise our children to be arrows, to be shot into the world, um, to see this world filled with the glory and the knowledge, the obedience to you and who you are. Um, and uh, bless our church. God, with lots and lots and lots of, of kids. In your name we pray, Amen.
1: Amen. amen. amen.